2: Welcome, everybody. This is the Roto-Wire DFS podcast sponsored by Fandle. I am your host, Joe Pizzapia, and it wouldn't be Friday for baseball without my partner in crime. We're going to once more mount the steeds and ride off into battle (laughs) The Friday DFS, can you tell I just watched a little Game of Thrones before I even came on here? It's John McEachney, everybody. <laughs> Johnny, how are you? I just watched Battle of Bastards, I'm not going to lie, before we came on here. <laughs> oh
1: man, oh, so you are just like all sorts of hyped up. You got like a big plate of mutton in front of you too. Just
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: You're just a ready doublet. to rock
2: yes winter yeah, the, is coming we brought
1: back the goblet yes we talked about this you need to yes. drink out of a goblet more often so yes. I'm glad that you're back on the goblet train
2: well you know why because everything sounds like you're wiser when you've got a goblet because you can swish it around and make staring eye contact at people as you're you know looking into their souls to see if they're worthy of your <laughs> I, I don't know
3: <laughs> you could tell I, it's I the end of that... the season that's where, that's
2: how you know we're at the end of the season that's where we're at
1: Yep. So uh, everyone that's out there listening uh, enjoy this one. It's gonna get a little goofy.
2: Oh, it's gonna be punchy today. I, can say, I mean, look, it's been a fun season. Honestly, it's kind of crazy because they're sitting here and this is our last Friday baseball show. We've got a lot of Friday football shows left. So don't freak out, everybody. John and I are gonna be here every Friday like we've been We got the whole you. month of September. We're it's all good. Don't cry. Don't don't start tweeting us and writing us letters, okay? But uh it's amazing. It's really gone by in a snap when you think about it. Like I it seems like April was just yesterday, and here we are. And it's very tricky right now. Before we even get into the players, this weekend here, just generally speaking, is very tricky because you've got a lot of players who are resting, a lot of players who, you know, pitchers especially, who are playoff bound, who, if they're going to get a couple, you know, couple innings here and there, they're going to be very limited. People are looking forward to the postseason now. There's also, conversely, going to be a lot of young talent out there getting a couple starts. And some of those guys might be worthy of using, some might not. We're going to try to break those down for you today, but most importantly, to the style of game you're playing right now. Derek Van Riper and I talked about it yesterday on the podcast. we we'll to talk about it again today and reiterate it for you. John, I've been saying for this last week or so, this is GPP tournament time because cash games are just way too much variance in terms of who's playing, who's not, and how long they're in the game.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, this is absolute wild west. Like it's a little bit, you know, like we we put in the time here looking at this, but I mean, this is a bit shooting from the hip as far as, you know, like we we could, we could very well have great lineups, great recommendations out here tonight. But, you know, by the time lineups roll around tomorrow afternoon, Friday afternoon, uh, you know, like half of these guys could be sitting. So you really just kind of have to be careful. Um, really the best strategy that I have for this and and it kind of goes with, um, with like really early season two uh, to an extent is you really just got to pay attention to lineup placement and like you can find uh, some serious value from guys that are batting cleanup for like 2,400. So like those are the kind of guys that I tend to target uh, right now in sort of the end game for baseball DFS.
2: All right, let's get to it. Let's start with the top of the board. It's funny because DVR and I were just talking about Strasburg yesterday before the change happened because originally he was slated to pitch, and now we get to talk about him again here because he's going to be pitching. Now he's actually 500 hours less than he was yesterday, which I'm only guessing because the closer we get to the end of the season, the closer we get to less Strasburg. But, you know, here here's a spot here where I think you want Strasburg to get a tune-up I think, you know, somewhere around four or five innings would make sense. I haven't heard any official word yet on how long they're going to let him go, but I can't imagine it's long enough that it's going to be worthy of a lineup. So just like yesterday I passed, it's a hard pass for me again for that price, even though it's $500 less. You can't tempt me.
1: No, and and you know, backing up your point, uh, the Nationals are one of those teams that have been kind of coasting this past week, and especially since rosters expanded and everything is is kind of locked up as far as where they are. Um, so I don't really like the win probability here for Strasburg. Like Pittsburgh, playing for pride a little bit, you know they're they're gonna have this could be McCutcheon's last series in a Pittsburgh uniform, so they're gonna be going with their full regular lineup. But you know Washington might might throw out you know like an Alejandro De Aza, uh, Howie Kendrick special here you know it's it could be like a very quad a looking lineup uh that that uh, strasburg is being supported by
2: yeah that's a great point too uh jose quintana next one down the board 9600 at home against cincinnati uh, you know let's talk about quintana for a second just because you know he's been one of the most consistent pitchers in baseball for the last couple of years a guy who goes 200 innings every year three straight years of 200 innings he's closing in now on that again and you know when you talk about quintana It's funny because I think the trade talk got to him in the beginning of the year. I think his Mm -hmm. performance suffered because of it. I think he was looking over his shoulder the whole time. It wasn't completely clear selling when he got to the Cubs or the other side of town, but certainly better. And I think if you've seen, you know, he was very good first shot out of the gate for the first couple weeks that he came over there. Then it was a little bit of a downturn, but he's finishing strong, which is great. He's got only five walks over his last five games. That's what you're looking for. That's the Quintana I know. The strikeout rate's gone way up as well. I'm looking at him as a guy that I can feel actually good about in cash games, not just today, if I'm going to play cash games, but also next year.
1: Yeah, I th- no, I think Quintana. Like we're, we're about to see him be be pretty much back to normal. Uh, you know, as a uh, my only worry about this one, I, I do. Uh, if you are going to face a Reds lineup, it's better to do it away from Great American, obviously. But uh, they're still a little bit pesky. Um, but I'm I'm probably just going to go towards the cheaper end of the board for for pitchers. But uh, like you said, we, you know, we're pointing out uh, some other guys like like, a, like your Strasburg or, or Zach Granke. Uh, Trevor Bauer even, um, and there could be some weather in that one uh, that I think might not be going as deep into games here. But I think Quintana uh, will, and I think that this is a, a Reds lineup that that has a bit of strikeouts in it. You know, when you look past uh, like a Joey Votto over the last month, striking out almost a quarter of the time. So uh, couple that with his recent K rate, and I think that, you know, we could be in for a nice output from Quintana.
2: No, Bauer is the guy that, you know, of all these guys in the top range for the 9K and more, I probably feel the best about him pitching the longest in that game because it's Trevor Bauer because you still got Carrasco and Kluber and other guys ahead of him where I think he kind of needs the work a little bit. Granke demanded to take the ball on Friday, demanded to get the work because he didn't want to have too much extra time, which is fascinating, which I understand. You know, these guys are creatures of habit, they're routine. But of this big group, if I am going to play a cash game, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Trevor Bauer might be the best play in terms of going deepest into the games now if you're going to try to get on the other side of these games you know you've got ironically garrett cole who you mentioned might be going against kind of the filler lineup for the nationals which is certainly in play then you got jose barrios at 8100 you know probably a five inning start from him too probably you know somewhere it's going to be depending on how well it's going if he's laboring or if it's if he's if he's looking really good he's flying through innings that's fine but if he's laboring I could see him getting out of there before the fifth inning is even over, potentially, too, just to rest him a little bit. want mm-hmm. Another guy I want to target, too, is Robert Stevenson on the other side of that Cubs game with Cincinnati. Now, Stevenson's another guy who was a prospect for a long time, uh, finally broke in the major leagues this year. And I got to say, we've seen a lot more good than bad out of Stevenson, especially in the last month. And I'm looking forward to his next year, not just a tournament play tomorrow, but also next year for him. I think Stevenson might be a guy who flies under the radar in season long as well.
1: Yeah, this is a, yeah, this is a Reds team that you know it's going to be 2019 at the earliest probably before they're really really competing. But you know, some pieces have come along uh, you, uh, you know this past year, and they've kind of gotten their feathers ruffled as far as like the the young pitching staff, uh, like Amir, your Amir Garrett's and so on. Um, so Stevenson is is also one of those guys um, that that sort of fits that mold. So I think next year that. They are a respectable team that, you know, isn't finishing much more than like 10 games under 500 or something like that. And then I think 2019 with this core, assuming that like Joey Votto can kind of uh, keep keep on keeping on the way he does um, that, you know, the Reds, Reds, uh, the future is bright there. But um, as far as uh, tomorrow or as Friday goes, uh, you got to also think that um, the Cubs might be rolling out a classic Friday afternoon hungover Cubs lineup, too. So uh, he might not be getting the best of the best
2: of the Cubs. Yeah, that, that's another one to consider, too. You know, you go further down this group, you got guys like John Gant who have had some pretty good springs and some mixed success in the minor leagues. you got a guy like Tyler Skaggs is another one uh, against Seattle there who's going to be making the start, which, you know, I, it's a lot, limited upside. And if, you know, one price and one player tells you exactly, basically encapsulates the 2017 season for you, it's Harvey Day, kids. <laughs> it's Matt Harvey Day, and he's 5,700 – Just to give you a perspective. Load up on your fills then. Yeah. Get your fill. (laughs) I never (laughs) wanted so many shares of Ben Lively in my whole life and never will. (laughs) But, I mean, here you go. I mean, that just kind of sums up exactly where, I mean, we got a good season out of Corey Kluber. But outside of that, you had Bumgarner injuries. You had Kershaw injuries. You've had a lot of issues here with a lot of not just mid-tier pitchers, but big-time ace pitchers. And luckily, in the DFS world, that was you were able to you know mitigate some of that risk, and it wasn't sure. so bad. But at the same time, it started to take guys off the board, and I think that's what you started to see of where do you go for cash games? You know, we had Chris Sale, and you had Kluber, and you had a couple guys, and but there were long stretches without a lot of play. I mean, Keiko was another one who missed a significant time. Now, uh, Syndergaard
1: obviously being out for pretty much the whole season too.
2: Syndergaard, another one, but he did pitch that one inning. So hey, yeah. everything's going to be fine now, right, John? I mean. I don't know about you, but I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight as a Mets fan because Noah Syndergaard threw an inning. I feel great. Hey,
0: how about Yeah.
1: How about it? Yeah. That, I mean that inning, if that doesn't tell you everything that you need to know about next year, then I don't know what oh, does. I'm
2: going to Vegas tomorrow. I'm going to put a thousand dollars on the Mets. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> I also kind of like how Harvey's picture sort of like it goes with how he's priced at 5,700 like that. <laughs> the, the face he's making is just like, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I got going on right now.
2: Oh, you nailed it. Oh yeah. He looks, Somehow confused, and it's like he, it's like but what? he's not going to
1: do anything about it either.
2: You know what the expression is? I'm pitching tomorrow. Like that's, Ugh. and you know what, Matt Harvey? We're just as surprised as you are that you're actually pitching tomorrow. It's uh, it's a fascinating thing for all of us. All right, but let's get back. To it. We'll try to we'll do our best to be slightly do we like any of these guys. Have we come, you know what? I hate them all. <laughs> yeah. I hate them all, and that's going to lead me to my no next pitcher. question. Wild well, here's strategy. my next. Here's my next question. Ian Kennedy, right, is down at the very, very bottom, right? So, and Granky probably not long for this game. Now, I know Ian Kennedy has had his struggles this year. However, I'm wondering, is it worth, if you're going to do a GPPs and you're going to throw a couple multiple lineups, going all the way down to 55 and just saying, you know what? To heck with it. Let's go. Let's go with Ian Kennedy, who is a real real life major league pitcher as opposed to guys like Biagini and Gant and, you know, guys like that. And let's just go for it and let's give me all the offense that possibly you can get and see if you can get lucky with Kennedy. Honestly, on a slate like today, if you're not going to go up to, like I said, I think Bauer, Cole, maybe Berrios. I mean, would you go Chase Anderson? I mean, that's another one. You can make a case for him at 83. Really didn't touch on him.
1: Right, I mean, yeah, I guess with Kennedy, is it almost like is he trying out for for you know his next contract or something too? Like you know maybe he like has a little bit something to pitch for that that maybe other guys don't. Um, yeah, Chase Anderson actually does have something to pitch he's for in terms the of actual. Right yeah, I think I think it, if you look at his like he's the sense. he's
2: the tournament chalk. So you can have a Chase Anderson lineup, but if you want to get some strange. I can't say no to Ian Kennedy. I just can't. Yeah,
1: why why not? And you know, like there's no real great like number you can point to like oh his home splits are good. Now he's over 6 at home, but you know, it, you know, this is just one where Arizona might be taking it kind of easy for the most part this weekend. They already have the number 1 wild card. Uh, sewed up and well and that's another thing
2: maybe that lineup is another lineup that's almost Mm kind of quad a slash bench where they're just you know maybe they give guys a couple of bats and you know next thing you know pollock's out you know jd's out all this stuff that look it's it's like you said it's the wild wild west so you know that's why i don't think the kennedy thing is that strange because if you know there's guys you know like top of the board stanton judge if they're all going to be playing if you know you go to the you know, the very top of the board everywhere you want a Colorado stack with Arenado and guys like that. It's not a terrible idea. So let's get to some of these big bats and let's talk about them. Jonathan at Colorado 39. Honestly, I'm not as excited about him. I'd rather have Sanchez at 35, bigger yep. power upside. Uh, Salvador Perez is dealing with the groin issue. I'd be shocked if he played.
3: Yeah.
1: He, he came out of the game Thursday night. So I really, I really done. doubt he plays. <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably done for the season. He yeah, yeah. did
2: good. He was my favorite DFS catcher of the 2017 season. Steadily under or around 3K all season long, gave you power, gave you everything you could ask for. Here's a guy that's come on late, Travis Darno at 29. Now, that's a guy that you know I'm not thrilled with, obviously. But we're talking about value and not overspending a catcher. He's had a pretty good September, and it's really flown under the radar. And you got him, and you got Buster Posey at 28. Uh, at home, where would you go here? Would you go Buster Posey against Jordan Lyles and take the contact, or you take a little bit of a, maybe a little get a little more pop out of Darno?
1: You know, I think think Darno probably right now like you said, is one of the hotter catchers in baseball. And that's just such a, bizar- it just tells you like where we are right now. It's just a bizarre part of the season. Um, he, he's actually, yeah, like you said, he's done very well uh, of late, kind of come on strong uh, down the stretch. I think uh, Mike Zunino, uh, you know, he's a guy that, that has the pop-up side and he's going to be going against uh, Skaggs, who I believe is a left-hander. So um, that, you know, that, that draws some appeal because Zunino can, can hit him out uh, pretty well, but, you know, moving, moving past that, you know, a guy like Torino a guy that, as a second half catcher, um, since Luke Roy left, uh, has been awesome. But he's he's a little bit banged up with the hamstring. It seems like so um, that's a little bit uh, hard to plug into your lineup there. Um, so there, there's really the catcher is always kind of a tough thing for us to figure out. But I think today especially, it, it's really tough.
2: Right, and and it's very difficult too to you know you know who's playing when and all that stuff too. This this is crucial. I'm telling you right now, if you don't have the time and energy. To be following lineups all the way up until game time. Basically, this is not a good scene for you. It's just not. (laughs) It's not going to be good.
1: Not going to have a good time. No,
2: you don't pizza when you're supposed to French fry. Don't at all. It's just going to be. It's going to be awful. You don't want to be that person. Um, You know, it's one other guy too that we didn't talk about. Just the pitcher side. I just thought of it because of Posey, because the Padres do strike out so much. Another guy. I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe you get lucky, Chris Stratton. Would you have the balls (laughs) to go a Chris Stratton lineup? Just on the, I mean, you know, he dropped a 10K spot on Arizona a couple weeks ago. I just want to point that out there. You know, it's not that, actually, he's had 10 strikeouts twice already in the last eh, two months when he did get the ball. I wonder, do you think maybe if Chris Stratton is, you know, things are going right? It is the Padres. Jordan Lyles is like an automatic W, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not going to say no on this one. This is, uh, the Padres are just, they, they've they been a quad A team pretty much all season for the most part. So, I mean, that, and nothing's, nothing's coming, really different. Dude. And no. nothing's
2: coming through that system that, to get excited. Like, you're talking about the Reds, you got Stevenson, you got Senzel. There's nothing I'm excited about for the Padres side.
1: It, well, at least not for 2018. I think, like, they have, I think they have Fernando Tatis's, uh son and, and a couple other guys, but, like, they, they're not, they're not going to be any part of what we're seeing at the major league level right now, uh, as far as their core goes. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's just a bad team. That's going to be bad for a little, for a little while longer before things start to look better. So, uh, Stratton, uh, that's, that's just one of those things that might just be crazy enough to work.
2: Oh, I think it is. I think they're going to need Fernando Tati senior. They're going to need Fernando Valenzuela. They're going to need a lot of Fernandos if they're going to ever write this ship. All right. <laughs> First base. Uh, we talked about, you know, the Indians, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks—they're going to be some team sitting guys. I think Joey Votto will play, so I think if you're going to spend up, that's a guy that's going to be in the lineup. Rizzo, not sure. Uh, Freeman is another one. I think Hoskins definitely will be. Hoskins is at 39 against Matt Harvey. I mean, I mean, sign me up. I'm I'm good if I want to pay up at first base. It's funny. The trap is too just going through and paying up for the big names, but don't always pay up for the big, pay up for the names that you think you're going to get four at-bats. They're not going to get yanked from games. And Reese Hoskins continues to walk like a madman. I know over the last week or so, the power slowed down a lot, but look, he's in a good ballpark for home runs and Harvey's been terrible all year. So I'm a, I'm signing me up for Hoskins.
1: Uh, Okay. I'm, I, you know, I can't argue with, with the, with your logic there, as far as uh, your approach to first base, if you do want to get really, you know, kind of, off the beaten path. Um, You know, if, if Arizona decides to sit a Paul Goldschmidt, um, this guy, Christian Walker has two home runs this past week and he's minimum price. And I think, you know, again, if you're going against our Ian Kennedy, uh, brilliant advice. uh, And I think, you know, Walker does have a ton of pop and he had like an insane year uh, down in the minors. Um, so the, Christian the Walker is former real.
2: Baltimore Orioles, Christian Walker we're talking about, right?
1: That is correct. Yeah. They mm-hmm. DFA'd him uh, before the season because they have about 15 guys that, that can strike out and hit home runs in place. <laughs> well, so, Trey
2: Mancini's like, hold my beer. I got this.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, just figures out how to play left field on the fly. <laughs> yeah, right. um, also like Josh Bell, if, if um, you know, if, per se that that Strasburg only goes like four innings just to kind of like stay fresh then I, I do like Josh Bell a fair bit of these like you know sort of uh throw a dart as first yeah. base guy yeah
2: now I, I know Justin Boros has a lefty lefty matchup but I don't expect uh Gohara to have you know seven innings here so he's gonna probably get some bullpen arms at some point going his way so that's another name too who's had a pretty good last week or so uh, following up things. All right, let's go to the other side of the diamond. I mentioned about paying up a third base for Arenado. I'm hundred percent all in on that because Bryant's a question for me, Turner's a question for me, Bregman. You can go with Donaldson, that's fine. Donaldson Rendon's another guy that you, you can see a lot of these guys just getting a couple of ABs and then just kind of turning in or maybe getting the full day off. So it's gonna be very tricky. Donaldson against the lefty though, against Jaime Garcia in Yankee Stadium. I think that's one that I feel really good about at 4K. If I don't want to go all the way up for Arenado, that's my fade from Arenado is Donaldson. But the question is, where do you fade from Donaldson?
1: Right. Yeah, and that's a uh, that's a tough question. Way to just like throw that toss me right there. But, yeah, that's uh, right.
2: Three <laughs> under the bus. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's talk. Let's let's work it out because that's what we do here. We work it out. Let's start with Manny Machado at 3,200 at Tampa. Is that a man, guy? Yeah. Who
1: uh, this, this whole last month has been pretty garbage. Um, so it 's really hard to hard to like argue this isn 't like oh man, like they, they completely mispriced him. it 's like Machado 's been playing like a thirty two hundred uh, player nice. over the last month, so like name name like i, I don 't expect uh, the Orioles to pack it in to to where like Machado sits all weekend or anything. I imagine he plays uh, the full game Friday. I just don 't uh, really trust his approach to the plate right now, so it, it looks good, uh, but I think that I probably am avoiding that one.
2: All right, what about Mustakis? <clears throat> There's another guy, 2,800, who has had a – look, Mike Mustakis is sitting on 38 and 85. I don't think we, – we need to all sit back and realize that. And, you know, in, a, in the year where people wanted to leave him for dead, I had shares of him in a couple of spots in season long. And I was just like, what are we doing? This guy, this guy proved that he could be a 280 hitter with power just because he was hurt. Why are we, like, just completely forgetting about him? 38-85, I mean, I know it's cranky, but you know what? There's no way Greinke is going seven, eight innings in this game. There's just no way that Diamondbacks are going to let that happen. I'm willing to roll with Moose here.
1: Yeah, I do like that call a fair bit. Uh Moose uh did me well the other night. He's you know, he's kept playing hard uh through the end of the season. So uh he gives you a nice uh price break. Um I think Matt Chapman's another guy to to potentially consider. Um in, in you know, as if you're going like deep below uh the three thousand price range on, on the A's, I think that he's gonna be a part of their future. Uh and he draws the righty lefty matchup uh going against Martin Perez. Uh he's got some power. Uh you know, uh, probably high strikeout potential here. But, um, you know, as he is still kind of learning uh, the ropes at the big leagues. But um, I think that this is a relatively favorable matchup for him if you wanted to, like, spend down at third base and go away uh, from, like, the Arenado or Donaldson route.
2: Well, if you save money at third, you're going to have to spend it at second because I'm telling you right now, these guys are expensive. You got Jose Altuve at 44 against our good buddy Doug Fister, And Altuve's just – Lighten it up right now. I mean, he's just dropping crooked numbers all over the place. Then you got Dozier uh, at 4,500 against Detroit Boyd. You got Jose Ramirez top of the board at 48. Lots of pricey guys. Then you got guys like Ozzy Albis, who's a 4K speedster guy. Derek and I talked about him yesterday on the show. And, you know, DVRs is like, I don't want to pay up for too much for, you know, these kind of guys because they don't buy the power. And I agree, I don't buy the power either. But I think at a certain point, the context has been so strong where he's in the conversation, I wish he wasn't 4K. I wish he was like 36, yeah. 37, that might enter into it. Cause if 4k, you know, I'd rather just spend another couple hundred and go with Altuve on a night where there's no lock cash game pitcher.
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, at, with, with what Albies can give you, you know, you're, you're hoping for at best, you know, like maybe a double and, and two stolen bases. So obviously like a solid night, like something that would be worth that 4k, but like, that's sort of best case scenario. You're not expecting uh, like a, several RBI or a home run or anything. So, I mean, if you dropped, if you wanted like a trendy name, I mean, 200 less is you Moncada uh, mm-hmm. for 3,800 going against Bauer. Again, we, we both kind of agreed that Bauer is going to be, be a guy that's going to be doing his normal uh, outing uh, on Friday, but still Mankata has been great over the last month. It looks like he's going to be uh, a stud that, that everyone kind of uh, was hoping that he would be. And then, you know, kind of wedged in there uh Jed Lowry who's just he just hits a ton of doubles and no one ever talks about him so mm-hmm. if that interests you uh then certainly Lowry could could be a guy that, that'd be worth it too
2: yeah I don't think I'm really going down the well too far I mean you can go scooter at 34 can at 34 both of those guys are floating around there not terrible plays it's a decent enough situation so I think you can go there uh all the way down at the bottom is Jonathan Scope who was a guy that at one point we were you know I remember there was, bit, there was a stretch there for team like two months where it was every lineup was like, yep, here we go. Let's, let's scope it up. And he's ended up with 32-105. You know, kind of, I think the whole Orioles team, as you mentioned, just kind of slumping towards the finish line a little bit. And, Big time. and And that's unfortunate because, you know, the one knock on scope, it was never the power. It was the batting average. And the fact that he's hitting anywhere close to 300 is incredible.
1: Yeah, this really has been like a true breakout season for him. So, uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that like anything that's happened over the last month really tarnishes it. But uh, I think at this point, sort of a la Machado, like it's just not really um, a viable play for DFS purposes right now. He's just it's just not uh, clicking for that Orioles offense. I, I was taking a look earlier. Uh, Baltimore, I believe, is bringing up the rear in terms of uh, team weighted on base over the last month. So that's how bad it's been. Uh, it's been bad across the board. So even though uh, that price might be enticing, it's still probably a guy you're fading
2: all right. over to shortstop. He's not my kind of player usually, but it's in Colorado. He's got a good matchup. it's forty two hundred. It's Trevor's story. He's
1: swinging uh, it lately too. <clears throat> he
2: is. and he is one of these guys, too. He's incredibly streaky. So when he's going well and at home, he's got Ryu there. Uh, I'm fine with this. You know, this is this is one where, you know, you look at this Colorado stack, I think it's really viable. You know, he's got the lefty-righty matchup. Everything points to a good night from Story, and it's worth paying for. If you don't want to go that high, honestly, I just feel bad for you because after that, it's a lot of guys dealing with injuries. Segura's dealing with an injury. Kozar's dealing an injury. Uh, you can go down to the Carlos Correa well again. It's funny because Zola and I have been talking about him for the last month. Why is he at 34? Why is he at 35? And he's been okay. Starting to heat up in the last week, though – 3,800, that's the only other guy, if you don't want to go up for Trevor Story, that I can make a case. I'm like, yep, let's just do it. Carlos Correa, put him in there. Now, again, we just got to make sure he's in the lineup, but number one, and make sure that he's actually going to you know, play the entire game, which we'll never know, but that's why you're just playing GPPs and not cash today.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Uh, story, everything's kind of lining up for him. I think that Corey Seager, um, is a, is a bit of a trap here. I think that, you know, he gets the price bump, uh, but this is a guy that was at 2,700 earlier in the week. So, um, I don't think that even with the home run, I think Wednesday night, um, you know, this, that this is something, uh, that you're particularly excited about using Corey Seager for. He just kind of, um, just kind of seems a bit lost right now. Um, it, I like Tim Anderson. I like the way he's finished this season, but you're not going Tim Anderson uh, going against uh, Trevor Bauer over Carlos Correa going against Doug Fister. You know, if you're looking at the 3,800, and then beneath that, uh, I just I'm just going to give a shout out to to Paul DeYoung because he's been like my my favorite shortstop uh, the entire season, and that's a, that's one of the few games that's going to be competitive for all nine innings on Friday. So he's a guy that that offers. Um, more more uh, like home run potential than, than most of these shortstops, um, so I like him a fair bit at thirty one hundred, but not going anywhere below that. And I agree with you that Story is the best one here.
2: Yeah, the power upside for Story with the ballpark factor, everything just this points to him. And hey, look, I know it's no knock on Correa; Correa is a great player, but tonight it's it's give me Story because I can because it, all these other pitchers, it's just. Forget it. I mean, you know, the, he's, in that, uh, he's in that Ian Kennedy lineup, I can tell you right now. Also, Elvis Andrews, we should, you know, have a moment of, uh, of reflection of how good of a season Elvis Andrews has had from the power, from the speed, from the batting average, everything. Uh, he's given you a great season. And from a DFS standpoint, I can't count the number of shows that we've done here this season where we kept looking at each other basically and going, why is he so cheap? Why does yeah. the algorithm hate Elvis Andrews? I don't understand.
1: Yeah, he was like, he was like the, you know, the shortstop equivalent of of Cano almost like, and and I think, you know, Andrews has had a a season that's on par with that. So like Cano would always be like that guy. If you, if you wanted to go like 3,300 at at second base, he would always kind of be floating around there and that always worked out pretty well. Um, But yeah, uh, totally with you there. Andrews has had uh, an insane season. His, you know, his, Power production especially has been what's, what's really impressive. I, th- I think he like topped his career high by like June or something. Like He's been awesome.
2: Yeah, over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash Rotowire and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Rotowire, void where prohibited. All right. You know, it's funny. I mentioned this the other day. Aaron Judge, top of the board, 5,300. And two days before the season, the Yankees were talking about potentially sending him down to start the year in the minor leagues. And what an enormous mistake and short-sighted move that would have been because here we sit with Aaron Judge, 51-112. Now, he's – I mean, the price is off the charts – I know he's like just shooting for records now. I'm I'm not scared at all be a genie. I'm okay. Again, this is where you go back to. My boy Ian Kennedy. Get Ian Kennedy yeah. and Aaron Judge could be yours.
1: Yeah, he's only 200 less than Ian Kennedy so like, <laughs> that,
2: I feel that, better about I mean, all right, here we go. What are the chances? I'll I'll give you a coin flip. Who you like better? Who's going out- to score more? Aaron Judge or Ian Kennedy? <laughs>
1: um, I'm going to go with with um Give me Judge, man. Give me Judge. Yeah,
2: you know, I could see a twenty five point nine from Aaron Judge. <laughs> you know, like,
1: yeah, I mean, like you said, this is a Joe Biagini who kind of looks I like say at like the
2: one o'clock. My apologies, kids.
1: <laughs> he kind of looks like uh, <clears throat> like Ian Kennedy's long lost son, Joe Biagini does, if you if you're looking at the pictures. So there is
2: there is something going on there. I don't know what. Yeah. But, we're, and, we're gonna have
1: to get to the bottom of this during the off season.
2: <laughs> J D Martinez a fifty two, another high price guy. Who, you know, you can make a case. I mean, he came into that Arizona clubhouse, and my goodness, that team just took off, and here they are, find themselves in the playoffs, which is fantastic. But forty five, one hundred four from Martinez, another guy where I'm, I'm fine. Light it up, lock him, load, do it, man. He's just he's out of his mind right now. I mean, can you make a case for JD Martinez MVP?
1: Uh, I wish you could. I think that like that, just like the the sample size would would kind of. Um, or the, those people would, would just completely throw the hammer against it and, and look at you know, more like a Charlie Blackman or, or a Goldschmidt or a Stanton. Uh, but the, the impact that he's had since joining that club is really uh, – if, if you view it as the, the most valuable player, then the, I think a case could be made for Martinez because that, that team, like you said, uh, Martinez comes over uh, from a struggling Tigers team. That he was like the first part of that rebuild uh, sell-off mode for the Tigers – and he's just been unbelievable. I think he had a stretch, or he's currently in a stretch where he has, like, 30 home runs in his last 55 games. Like, it's just unreal what he's been able to do so
2: far. Yeah, the only other guy that I can think of, that yeah, Rick Sutcliffe, I remember, won the Cy Young back in the 80s when he got traded to the Cubs. And, you know, it's not something that's ever really happened, to the best of my knowledge, where a guy gets dealt, or J.D. got dealt, and, and you could again, in a year where there's not a lot of guys out there, who are having great years. Giancarlo's having a great year, but that team's gone nowhere, so how valuable are you? It's not mm-hmm. an award for best season. It's called most valuable player, uh, so right. for whatever that's worth. Also, by the way, valuable players, yeah, 4,200 Giancarlo Stanton. Mike Trout also. He's shooting for the record.
1: Strong. He's shooting for, like, the old-school 61 record. He just hit 58 and 59 as of Thursday night. He might have gone yard again. I don't even know, but, uh, yeah, the records within reach are the 61 records within reach, so he's definitely gonna gonna be keeping it going. So I, I'm I'm definitely locking him in first of all first and foremost.
2: Yeah, I think so too. And I don't care if it's shock, you go out there and you put it in there because what you want here at this point in time are guys playing for something. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, let's highlight some other guys too. Tommy Fansman, a guy who's had a season nobody expected. Ian Desmond's had a season that nobody expected for the wrong reason. You can't go there. Uh, Bryce Harper is a guy that, you know, trying to get him right here as they go into the playoffs. He's going to come out in, in like
1: an inflatable like suit, like sumo suit or some sort of bubble wrap apparatus. Like they they don't want him doing much of anything this weekend. I can ima- I would imagine.
2: No, probably not, but do you think at a certain point like he needs at bats? I mean, he got forward the other night. Uh I mean, that's what I'm kind of looking at. It's it's Yeah, that's
1: fair. And I think he got the night off Thursday, so maybe he draws back in, um but I mean I don't know. I I still think that Washington should be careful with him. I know, I know the rust factor is real, especially going into the playoffs, but um, I'm probably avoiding Bryce Harper this weekend.
2: Castellanos has been another guy who's had a really good second half there. People were mixed on him, different sides of the aisle, but Castellanos has really come on of late, uh, especially since the trades of everybody around mm-hmm. him, uh, which is odd. You'd think that people would do worse sometimes, but, you know, it, more – you know, a more better spot in the lineup, better attention in terms of like that. Hey, he's he's shined and that's he's great. He's also
1: been, he's, he was like that guy that was like the exit velo rock star. Like he would be the one that, you know, you, you sort by best exit velocity uh, start of the season. And like he was up there with with like the judges and stands and it's like, why aren't the numbers there yet? Right. So it seems like those hard hit, uh, that great contact that he's been making is starting to fall in and, you know, like the, the – uh, batting average on balls in play—it seems to have normalized, and uh, that you know it's really kind of
2: reflecting how how well he's actually uh, approaching it at the plate. Domingo Santana, another guy's had a terrific season—a guy that we've locked in all year long. I feel fine about him. I know it's not in Milwaukee, but 37—that's another viable guy. Haniger's also picked it up of late. We talked about him last week. Mencini's had a good season. You know, these are some of the names that we have gone through all year, uh, and been plugging and playing at different times and riding the waves. I think that's a big thing too is baseball is a game of waves and you have to ride the wave with certain players at certain times because when it's such a long season, there's so many games. And when guys are locked in, you have to take advantage of that. Uh, And that's certainly been the case. Uh, Nice to see Cole Calhoun having a, a good night the other night as well. Uh, and rebounding a little bit here late. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: he crushed like the game-tying home run, yeah. and then unfortunately the Angels ended up losing that one.
2: Yeah, stay away from him against the lefty, though, uh, today. That's not the way you want to go. Also, Byron Buck's another guy for the last month and change that we've been on every time, and his salary hasn't really increased all that much. At one point he was twenty seven, twenty eight hundred. Now he's in the low 30s, uh, 3K range. He's got map board this week uh, on Friday, and that's another one where I can justify it. He's had a very good finish, I think looking into next year, Byron Buxton's a guy that it's hard to argue that he's not going to push for a twenty thirty season, right? I think that's kind of within the range. Oh yeah,
1: like like the, We've just been waiting for for you know this iteration of Buxton to come, and we we just weren't sure when it was going to happen. And you know there were there were like you were saying about the waves, um, you know the the crest and the and the downfall of those waves with Buxton were particularly concerning. I mean, it's like there was no chance of him making any sort of contact at the plate there for a while, or that's what it looked like. But uh, he started to figure it out. His defense has always been there, but that's not really a fantasy thing, but like it, it's kept him in that lineup. And with that, you know, he's gotten the requisite reps and now he's starting to kind of turn into that like spindly guy that that can actually generate a fair bit of power with the swing. Um, so I, he, he's going to have a ton of draft helium uh, coming into the off season. I think everyone's going to, going to, Kind of, He's going to be one of the sexier draft picks uh, that everyone's looking at uh, going into 2018.
2: All right, now the rest of the guys here in the 3K and under range, it's a complete crapshoot, okay? Just check lineups. Uh, look for guys who are hitting in favorable spots in the order because we can give you names and stuff like that, but I'm telling you, these lineups are going to look like who's who of I don't know who the hell that is. That's what it's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be that kind of – or should I say I got word for
1: you then. Oh, okay, go for it. My My dude, Austin Hayes. The, the, only, the, the only good Orioles prospect since Vietnam, I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, he's he's a beast. Uh his his last week not so great, but uh, you know, hitting around two sixty since he came up uh with the O's and, and you know, he's he's a good speed power guy, so um, there, there is some potential there, and the Show Alters tended to uh, hit him out of the leadoff spot with Tim Beckham a little bit banged up. So hey, you could be getting 2,600 um, Austin Hayes you know, out of the leadoff, leadoff spot against Oda Rizzi. If that's something that interests you, then, then uh, uh, I'm right there with you.
2: Yeah, if Tyler Naquin's in a lineup, maybe if he's starting, you might be able to throw him in. That's another guy. Uh, there's a couple guys like that. I mean, Gregory Polanco's all the way basically mid-sale. I mean, it's that kind of a day, but really it's trying to target where you are in the lineup, trying to get a guy who's in a good spot where maybe, you know, if he's sitting towards the top, he's in line for some runs scored or in the middle of the lineup in terms of drive some runs in. That's what you're looking for. Maybe even a guy like Jacoby Jones in the outfield, two of 22. That's another name of guys that are viable like that. Piscotti's one that we mentioned. Gurchuk's, you know, all of that kind of grouping Luckily, you don't need a lot of them. You probably just need one of them. So choose wisely, my friends. And let me tell you, have a great time because this is supposed to be fun this weekend. Uh, you know, you made it. You did it. You're all the way almost at the finish line. And uh, we've been happy to take you through that. I could tell you that. John and I have had a blast doing this MLB podcast. God willing, we'll be back here Doing it again next year together as well. And who knows, maybe more, but stick with us for football because Johnny McKex and I have got you covered. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at Joe Pizza 17. For everybody for the rest of the season for Major League Baseball, have a great rest of the season of Daily Fantasy.